Welcome to the Singapore Management University podcast series, where we feature the latest insights and perspectives from our faculty. Civilization, as we know today, runs largely on software. Software-intensive systems underpin almost all aspects of our lives, serving our communication, transportation, healthcare, education, entertainment, and many other needs in myriad ways. The development of software as a large-scale industrial artifact has some distinct characteristics. These are accentuated in the current age of pervasive connectivity between individuals and systems, as well as data generation and preservation at scales never seen before. We are therefore at a juncture of big challenges and bigger opportunities for large-scale software development. In this podcast, Assistant Professor Subhajit Data from SMU School of Information Systems shares his research on software development in this age of hyper-connectivity and big data. Professor, can you highlight some of the distinct characteristics of software development? Sure. So, uh, software is kind of a very distinct industrial artifact in the sense that uh, there are no underlying laws of physics or chemistry which uh, support its development. If you look at everything around us, uh, think electrical system, mechanical system, electronic system, all of them have some kind of physical laws, laws of nature which are underpinning it. But we are yet to discover the so-called laws of software. We even don't know whether there are such laws. So the biggest challenge for us is that uh, we need to create software systems which address deepening complexity and they are supporting systems which are of deep criticality. But the underlying structure on which these systems built are not based on laws of physics or chemistry. So that I think is a, a, a very deep challenge with the way we build software systems that we have to in some sense build systems which are strong, which are resilient, which can support complex needs of users and stakeholders. But uh, we cannot write an equation to explain many of the system's behaviors. For example, anyone who learns electrical engineering, my first degree, so the first thing we learned was Ohm's law and then Kirchhoff's laws. But uh, a student of software engineering doesn't have something like that to fall back upon. So I think that makes software a very distinct industrial artifact which doesn't have any laws of physics or chemistry to fall back upon. How is software development influenced by hyperconnectivity? Yes, so let me first uh, briefly mention what hyperconnectivity refers to in this context. So uh, we hear this term very often these days. So hyperconnectivity in an intuitive sense, it refers to the connections between individuals, between systems and across individuals and systems. So all of us, no matter where we are located physically, we are connected in many ways with other people and other systems. So how does this context affect the way software is built? The whole idea of connectivity in software development first came in, into being about 20 years back, the so-called Y2K crisis where uh, suddenly the world awake to the situation that uh, computer systems only had two digits for the year. And when the year rolled on to the new century, so would 00 mean 1900 or would 00 mean 2000? So at that time, there was a great rush. I mean, that was the time I entered the industry for the first time. It was an exciting time just after my graduation. And uh, to large extent, in large volumes, Y2K related work was sent offshore and outsourced. 
So, at that point of time, lot of these infrastructures were built, connectivity was built between uh, different parts of the world so that work could be, could be done in different locations, different geographies. Now, this gave rise to a situation where large-scale software development has become in a big way distributed. So, unlike almost any other industrial artifact, it's common to have any system, for example, Android, which runs our phones. So, Android is developed by hundreds of developers, if not thousands, and none of them uh, may have met one another face to face. They perhaps are not even awake at the same time, but they together make a system that, that works, works smoothly for us, for people who are its users. So, hyperconnectivity is a, a phenomena which affects software development perhaps like no other industrial artifact. What is the role of big data in software development? So, big data is another big idea of our times. So, big data is uh, about storing data at scales which we have not seen before. So, uh, very simply, our handphones now hold enough pictures which even 20 years back could only be found in a large-scale picture gallery, right? So, uh, big data, all the mechanisms, all the, all the infrastructure behind it now allows the storage, curation, uh, retrieval of data at scales which are not known before. Now, this gives rise to a very interesting situation for software development. Since software development depends on large distributed teams, so the way these teams communicate to collectively build the system, so all that record is being maintained and it's easy to go over that record to understand uh, that data, to understand interaction better. So, big data, the age of big data where we can store, retrieve, collect, curate large volumes of information, that's giving us a new window into how teams interact, how individuals connect with one another as they collectively build a, a large-scale system. And this is changing the very nature of how software is built. So, software development used to be instructional earlier in the sense that you had a bunch of guidelines uh, like a recipe for cooking something and, and teams and individuals are supposed to follow it step by step. But now we are going beyond that model. We are looking at something that's more interactional. So we want to understand how these emergent patterns, how the patterns of interaction of how people work together, how that emerges out of the way teams interact. So, this is a big shift which has only happened due to the availability of data at scales not known before and our ability to, to go through that data, understand and retrieve data and curate data. What are the challenges and opportunities for large-scale software development today? So, it ties back to what we have been discussing so far. So, the challenges are obviously we are trying to build systems of amazing complexity, criticality, uh, but we don't have, have laws of physics to fall back upon. So, no matter how complex electrical circuit is, ultimately it has to obey Ohm's law or Kirchhoff laws. But for software systems, since we don't have any laws to fall back upon, th there is no way for us to build something starting just from the first principles. So, that's a big challenge because uh, software is in a sense, it's been said that software runs our whole civilization as we know it today. It, it supports our communication, healthcare, transportation, all sorts of needs, but we are building systems of such complexity without the support of, of laws of nature. So, that's a challenge. On the other hand, this challenge also leads to an interesting opportunity that we have uh, the, uh, the scope to develop whole new perspectives and techniques and tools 
to understand how software is built, to understand how we can make it better, less error prone. We can develop software and deliver it faster uh, with, with fewer defects. How can we have software as an industry which is already employing large number of people across geographies, but how can we make it even more widespread? How can we make the industrial processes more efficient? So those new tools, new techniques, uh, they are something that will emerge out of the very nature of software development and the fact that we do not or we cannot go back to the so-called first principles to understand many of the complex problems. Can you talk about some of your research projects which have explored these issues? Sure. So I've been looking at these problems for about almost a decade now. I'll mention a few. For example, I mentioned Android. So I have looked at the Android development data. It's, it's open source data. Anyone can take it. So we tried to find out that looking at the Android data, there are a couple of projects I've done. So one of them, for example, tried to answer the question that uh, if we have more developers looking at a particular problem, like a bug, does it get solved faster? So there's, there's something called Linus's law in software development which says that it's not a physical law, it's an observational law, if you will. Uh, Linus's law says that given enough eyeballs, all bugs are shallow, which says that if you have a, a large enough pool of people working on something, they'll get to the solution as quickly as possible. So I tried understanding that empirically. Does that hold? using Android data. It was very interesting. We found that that is a qualified statement. You cannot say it for all kinds of bugs and all kinds of situations. I've also looked at uh, open source data around the development of Chromium, the system which we run, which our Chrome browsers run on. So we tried to understand situations that uh, as the development progresses, does the interaction pattern change? Is there any qualitative change between how people interact as a software is built from the starting point towards its delivery? Uh, I've also looked at industrial data based on a system called Jazz, uh, which large uh, corporations use for their uh, distributed teams. So uh, we looked at a data for a very, very large scale, very complex system where uh, people across 19 geographies in three continents were working. And we analyzed tens of thousands of units of code for thousands of developers to understand questions like, uh, is a developer who is more central? is a developer who others are connecting to most to ask questions. Is that person someone who finishes his or her work more quickly? Or is a person someone who gets tied down with answering too many questions? So there are many projects which, which I've done on this area and uh, the general theme has been that the richness of data uh, makes it uh, very interesting to ask questions which could not be asked before. What are your research plans in the near future? Uh, well, uh, as I said, so last couple of years, almost last decade, I've been looking primarily at how to understand the interaction between uh, individuals as they build software in across a variety of systems. So what I've done is that I've looked at uh, the problems from an empirical point of view. So I've taken, taken data, tried to frame a research question, a uh, set of hypotheses, and tried to answer them using statistical models. Uh, after doing this for some time, one realizes that there are certain patterns in how, which, how people interact. So uh, my, the next set of problems I'm trying to understand are that uh, can we abstract those patterns uh, into some kind of generative models so that we are able to run that model and simulate a particular behavior characteristic and then understand how that behavior matches with the reality. Because uh, if we are able to build such a model, only then we can say that 
uh, we have understood the problem fully because statistical models are one way of looking at the problem. But if we can abstract the key mechanism based on how people interact under different situations in the software development life cycle, that may give us insights on how we can position teams, how we can govern teams, how we can assemble teams across and within geographies. So this is a problem which will definitely need tools uh, which are interdisciplinary. For example, this is similar problems have been studied in areas such as uh, using tools like agent-based modeling and complexity theory, uh, where we abstract the soft and ecosystem as a collection of agents who are working on their own priorities, but they collectively end up giving rise to some emergent characteristic of the system. So I'm trying to see whether, whether such tools can inform our studies in this area. So overall, it's a very exciting time to be in this field because on one hand, we have increasingly complex systems being built. On the other hand, we have the scope to store data and curate data and uh, retrieve data on scales not known before. And on the other hand, we are still searching for the basic laws of software development. So the confluence of these different threads, I think, makes this field, this area, a, a great time to be in at this time. Thank you, Professor. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm.